Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. Hey, thank you, Ms. Soper. It's Soper, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So... Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking some time out of your day. So to start this thing off, this is uh, Living a Maintenance Life uh, podcast brought to you here at the 18th Maintenance Group. What is your name, rank, and your position? I'm A1C Caden Soper. I am an avionics troop at the 67th AMU. So. Okay. And what's your hometown? Hometown, Columbus, Kansas, a uh, small town, southeast corner of the state. So. Uh, how has your uh, hometown influenced you? Okay, so this is this is a big question. This is something I talk about all the time because I'm those people who know me. I'm very passionate about Kansas. I love where I come from. Um, I'm a small town guy, but I, I definitely see all the other all the other aspects where everybody else is from. But where I come from, you know, we're, we're very prideful. We have a lot of passion in what we do. You know, everybody from uh, the teachers in the school to the faculty, um, all my coaches. I'm a big football guy. You're gonna hear me talk about football a lot, but. Um, all the coaches, all the, everybody who worked in this, in the town, uh, just everyone, that's how they influence you on a daily. I think that it's the grit from being from a small town, you know, a farming community. Um, like I said, football has been my life since I was seven. And so growing up that way, waking up, you know, five o'clock in the morning, so you can go out and lift, um, you're coming, going to school, going to weights, what have you, you may be going to a practice or working. And then that's that's it. That's your day. And you do that over and over and over again. And you fall in love with it. And so um, that's how they that's how they've had a huge impact on me. And um, like I said, coming out here, I just want to give back to them. Like that's that's one huge thing that I believe in my life is that, you know, um, you got to repay those people that uh, impacted you and gave everything they have to you. And I want to give everything back to them. Representing. Representing. Absolutely. So do you have a favorite quote, a favorite song or a favorite movie? All right, favorite quote. I'm going to go uh, Bible verse, actually, with this one. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's, uh, for I have the plans for you, declares the word, uh, Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. People ask me all the time, how do you do so much stuff? Like, I, I'll tell you, my schedule is completely full every single day. Um, from the day I wake up to the day I go to the moment I go to sleep. And it's hard. You know, I'm sure you understand that being in the position you are. But... At some point, you're going to face obstacles that are bigger than you. And whether that's, um, you're not going to be able to do things by yourself. Like, that's just how it is, straight up. You're going to you're gonna face a hurdle that's just a little bit tougher than you. You're going to face something that's a little bit bigger than you. And you're going to need something to get you through that every single day. And that that's really how I would say that that quote, you know, that verse, that, that takes me through it. Because I think about it all the time now. And now it's just natural. You know, at first I was like, what's going to get me through to this? And uh, having a little bit of faith, I, I believe there's two things to success in life. It's you got to have faith in God and you have to have faith in yourself. And those two things are going to make you successful. And so by having faith that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to I'm going to go through there. And you don't you don't even have to be religious with it. You know, um, you just you have to whether it's faith in somebody else, uh, whether it's uh, faith in your community, faith in a group of people, 
um, faith and family. There's there's a lot that goes into that. And so, you know, eventually I think that that quote's so big for me because, you know, we face trials and tribulations every single day. In maintenance, we face trials and tribulations every day, right? It's a tough, it's a, it's a tough life. That's why we're doing the podcast and kind of tell our story, right? Who's the most influential maintainer you've ever met? Okay. So um, there's this, oh, we have, I'll, I'll give you two. So Staff Sergeant Kane, he's my supervisor. This is my first base. So Staff Sergeant Kane, he's my supervisor. Um, he's been outstanding. Like, I don't think we have a better Staff Sergeant. He's leaving actually in a couple of weeks, but we don't, I don't think we have a better Staff Sergeant out there. And I'll be completely honest with that. He, um, every single day, he's the first person there. I'll try to beat him there to work sometimes, but he's a, he's the first person there. And every, we're, we're talking all day long, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is um, this is what we need to get done. And that's that's really made a huge impact on me because it shows me, like, what I need to do to be successful in this career field because I am so young, you know, just starting off. And, you know, he's there all the way. He's the last person to leave every day, which he should be, you know. You should be that. But you don't see that as often as you think. And um, every single moment, it's he, he's ha- he's just he's happy to be there. You know, he, he sometimes he'll say it like, like, man— you know, it, it sucks sometimes. You know, we all say it sometimes, but he's always happy to be there. He's, he does have a smile on his face, and he's just attacking everything, like, let's get this done. And then the other one I will say is uh, Aaron Forrest, one of the best maintainers out there. I, I'm being dead serious when I say that. Um, since I first got here in, and I started working on the line in August, there's been nobody who's shown me more than him. Like, hands-on, absolutely. I would not be as good as my job without him. And he's leaving this week too as well. So what what do you think makes a good maintainer? Grit. Grit? Grit, absolutely. Right. I mean, uh, I'm an avionics troop. I know, sir, you said you're an avionics troop. You said you were a flying crew chief as well. Um, regardless of whether you are, you're, you can be uh, weapons, uh, avionics, crew chief, engines. You're going to be working 12, 10-plus hour days easily. And you're going to go out there and you're going to do something you do not want to do. You're going to have days where you're just going to wake up and you do not want to go in. And people can say that's like every job, but it's different. You know, like I said, I'm from a farming community. That's how it is. You wake up at five in the morning and some days you just don't want to go in and work in the sun all day, but that's how it is. And so to be able to be successful, you're going to have some grit and you're going to have some toughness. That's what it takes to be good out here. Um, you know, besides, you can always go to classical competence, confidence, and uh, and courageous. Like you can talk about that all day long, but as a maintainer, you got to have all those other things that everybody else has to have to be successful in their job, and then you got to have some grit to go on top of it. So as an airman, uh, maintainer out there on the line, getting things done, what do you value most out of your peer group? we got a community. Like, my peers, we love being together. Like I, I, like I said, I'm a football guy, so being a part of that team, that's something special about that. Having that culture, there's something special about that. When you show up, everybody loves each other, and you have one common mission, there's something special about that. And I really think that's what we have. We have this, uh, I would say, connection, if you will, this about us. You know, um, that's what I just continue to love about being here, and I'm so thankful that I came in straight straight out of high school and straight off of being a team because it's the exact same thing. You know, the same things I loved about back there being on a football team, same things I love about being here with everybody else every single day. You talk about my peers, we live in the same place. The people you go to work with, same people you hang out with, same people you eat with. Some people don't understand that. They really don't understand the beauty in that. Um, but that's okay. You know, people come from different places. But that's absolutely what I love about being there. And that's what I would say I value most about my peers. What do you value most about out of a leader or a supervisor? Oh, my gosh. 
That's a good question. There's a, there's a lot of things. Uh, I it, so a supervisor. I I hate this because I get this question all the time. I love talking about leadership. Is leader is not a position. Leadership is a characteristic. It's a it's something that you have to have. And um, so my supervisor that they, they they could be a supervisor. That doesn't mean they're going to be a good leader. You know. So a characteristic about being a good supervisor is you know. They're going to do those things they need to do to get you those things that you need to be successful in your career, right? Signing you off on your training, getting those packages in when you need them in. Those are those are good things that a supervisor is going to stay in late, like I said. But a good leader, you know, you're you're talking about all those leadership characteristics right there. That's that's something completely different, to be completely honest with you. So what do you value out of it? What is what is something you value out of it? What makes good leadership? It starts with competence confidence and courageousness right there i mentioned those three c's earlier um that's that's what it's going to start with you know if you're not competent what you're doing no one's going to want to follow you if you're not confident in what you're doing no one's going to want to follow you if you're not courageous to go out and take the bullet first or take the first step into being revolutionary no one's going to want to follow you so this is a this is a question that usually gets a lot of people but i'm having the feeling it's not going to get you and it gets people caught up at times but what makes you you? Passion and enthusiasm. You're already ready. Spring loaded. Right there. I Send saw it, it right off the bat. Um, absolutely. Um, I will never forget uh, Coach Grundy. Love this man. Um, he means everything to me. Uh, my high school football coach, we used to talk all the time, leadership. That was our big thing. What was going to make us successful? We weren't the biggest. We weren't the strongest. We weren't the fastest. We weren't the smartest. We weren't the most athletic. But what, if we showed up every day and did one thing, what was going to make us successful? Passion and enthusiasm. That's what we decided. That's, that's what we talk about all the time. And so he, he always had a, a sticky note in his, in his Jeep. He had this red Jeep. He always had a sticky note in it. And it just said passion and enthusiasm. Ever since that day when we started talking about that, I had the exact same sticky note in my car. You could go out and look at it right now, sitting in my rear view mirror up there on the top left, passion and enthusiasm. And now it's just a habit. I don't even have to look at it anymore. I'm going to show up every day. I have to get my car to come to work, right? I'm going to show up every day with passion and enthusiasm. That's how it is. You just wake out of bed, ready, passion and enthusiasm. So these next questions are kind of rapid fire, if you will. Sounds good. So the first thing that comes to mind, what do you like about maintenance? What do I like about, like I said, the we, we're different. Maintenance is different. That's what people will never, unless you are maintenance, you will not understand. Maintenance <laughs> is just different. You've got to go out there and experience it. And it's not for everybody. And I'm sure you're 100% aware for that. Maintenance is not for everybody. But um, what do I like about it? Like I said, the culture. I love the culture. What do you dislike about maintenance? The first thing that comes to mind. It can only be Okay, one. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking of age. I hate sitting and waiting on stuff. I like getting stuff done. I mean, as you can tell, I like getting stuff done. And so when we have to sit there and wait, whether it's waiting for a part, we're waiting for age to come and drop us something. Age won't work, right? Um, the jet things just aren't going your way. You know that's life, right? Things aren't just going to go your way all the time. And what is something you change? Like one thing, yeah. You don't necessarily have to have the end state of how to get it done, but if it gave you a magic bullet, gave you a magic wand, you know, you, you've been in the Air Force uh, for about a year, year and a half now, yes, right? Sir. So, what is something that you've seen so far in maintenance that you would, hey, I would like to change X? I think we have a part issue. I'm not going to lie with you. We go to order LRU2. We go to order an ICCP. We don't have them. Like, so much more efficient. Like I said, um, you could do this a lot better. Uh, 
one of our staffs, he went over and he worked with a jazz dev. And uh, he says they're just so much more efficient when it comes to their logistic readiness, when it comes to just overall maintenance in general, efficiency. Um, there are days where I am, I'm literally like, there are some objects that avionics wise, there's some jobs we could do in 30 minutes to an hour and they'll get stretched out for the entire day. And there's absolutely no reason. There's absolutely no reason. Whether, it, like I said before, whether it be a part, whether it be something just uh, not working even though it should, uh, it's just not efficient. I'm going to be completely honest with you. So you seem like you come from a good background, like you said, you know, small town Kansas. How's your family supported your career so far? So at first, you know, my mom would do wherever I went. It didn't, it didn't matter. You know, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be to be successful, she has faith in me to do that. And I talk to her quite often. Um, she's been through a lot, so that helps out because uh, she pushes me to do more than I can do every single day, too. You talk about doing a little bit more than yourself. So my mom, even though I'm away, you know, halfway around the world um, in a subtropical island from the middle of <laughs> in the middle of landlocked Kansas, but um, she just pushes me. She wants me to be successful because she know I can, she knows I can be. And then um, my brother, he he's one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and he could literally go out and do anything he want he wants to. And I just want to be out here for him to show him that no matter what he wants to do, he can go out and do it. And then same thing with my sister. She's going through a lot right now, and. I would not be where I am today without her, 100%. So it's just having that, that family background and support. And then my dad, he abso- he misses me probably more than the rest of my family, 100%. He needs me, and I w- that that's the one thing every single day. I'm like, I wish I could be there for him every single day. But um, he knows. He knows why I'm out here. He asks me all the time, how much longer are you going to be out here so I can come back? I said, I, I don't know to be all truthful with you, Dad, but I will— any second, anytime you need me, I'm there for you. Like, so it's just this, this idea that it's positive, you know, you mean, it's simple, whether it's positive or negative, they want me to be as successful as I possibly can. So you probably have a lot of friends back home in Kansas, you know, the folks you said, you know, like you, you're, you born there, you're raised there, you may die, you don't like to say it, but you may die there. Is there a, uh, do you feel like, you're kind of a trendsetter when it comes to your hometown, come to your peer group, your friends? It's an interesting question. Um, I think about that all the time. It's different. Um, as a high school kid, you know, you don't care about that stuff, right? You don't care about being successful, what's going to happen after. I am not the same man that I was, you know, two years ago, which is crazy, right? Change. I want to say the Air Force changed me. I wouldn't say that at all. Um, I say I would say the Air Force gave me the opportunity to grow. Um, but I would say that I definitely I, – so I coach football, right? And uh, I coached third and fourth grade, and then I was able to coach uh, a freshman junior high team for not my town, but for my four-state area, Kansas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Missouri. And I would definitely say that's where I started realizing that you can have an impact on people. Um, I I shattered my leg my senior year of high school playing football, and I didn't realize, and that's when I was coaching. After that, I didn't realize how much of an influence I had made. Um, So I go out. And as I, after I break my leg, you know, all these people, you know, they come to the hospital and everything, right? And it's it's just so shocking because I'm a 17-year-old kid. Um, and you realize, gosh, every action I have has an impact. It took me a little while to realize that after that too. Um, and, you know, the year would uh, – six months probably go by afterwards. And I, I'll never forget uh, Dale came up and talked to me. Dale, one of his sons, I coached him, his kid. And he has a daughter, and we were watching a softball game. Dale comes up, and he says, Hey, Caden, um, 
I would just want to tell you again how much I, I thank you for coming out and coaching these kids. You don't understand how much of an impact you had on them, how much you had an impact on their family. And I'm like, and that hits me, you know, I'm 17 years old. And I'm like, wow, I appreciate that. And he's like, yeah, my daughter, um, Katie, she came up, she spoke with me the other day and she said she wants to coach in high school just like you did. I'm like, whoa. See, because I realized I didn't just impact some third and fourth grade kids that were playing, you know, football for the first time. I impacted a community and the future of that community. I think we forget that sometimes. Um, that's why, you know, I, I I know I'm going off on tangent here, and I hope I continue to answer your no, question. Tangent it up, man. Um, I think we forget that sometimes, how much of an impact we make. I absolutely, like, it's the same thing. Like I said, being out here, I got two stripes on my chest. When I first got here, I had one, but I'm sitting here speaking with you. That doesn't matter. That's just a number. I think we forget that. I think we forget how much of an impact that we can go out and make. Every single opportunity, every single moment, that's a chance right there. That's a chance to have an impact on somebody. It's an impact to shape the culture that you want to create. You talk about maintenance culture. You talk about people coming in here and wanting to actually do something. It's an op- you, have a, you have a chance to actually impact that. Every single person does. So tell me your favorite so far. Uh, tell me your favorite maintenance story. It's a tough one. Like I said, I'm so young, there hasn't been a lot. <laughs> it could be something that, like, some camaraderie, team building, culture building, like you're saying. Sometimes you saw somebody that's uh, that's courageous. Somebody. Sometimes you saw something out there that. Okay, you know, I'll tell you my favorite one. First Red Bull. Okay, my first time coming back to days. It was my first day. I came back to days because I was trying to do college and because I really wanted a Red Bull. I think that's just the pinnacle of our job. And end of the day, I hadn't really done anything all day, and sending everybody home and he's like hey i need somebody to red ball this jet for flaps i'm like i got it you know first person to say something he's like all right sober you got it i say yes sir i get off the truck i go out to the jet had net i barely know i know what i'm doing but like i don't know what i'm doing right and so i get off i put the headset i love it i grab the mic pull the mic i grab the comp cord pull the mic down how's it going sir i heard we had a flaps issue he's like yeah ma'am the flaps won't go up. They're staying down. I say, could you cycle it? He goes in, cycles it. Flaps work perfectly fine. Like, there is no issue on these flaps whatsoever, right? And so I'm like, send it. He needs to go back up. Like, I don't know why you're here talking to me right now. But, uh, and I had a staff out there, and he looks at me, and the, the and as we're talking and we're going through and cycling it, the, the flaps kind of hesitate, and they get stuck for a second. And they kind of keep going. And I tell the pilot what happened. And I look over and I talk to my staff. And he's like, it's your decision. What do you want to do? Like, you want to send him up? And it was a realization moment for me. You know, I don't have X's, obviously. But it was my call whether I wanted to send him up or not. And even though it was something as simple, like, yeah, the flaps are working. Now I'm like, I would have sent it from the beginning. But at the time, I was like, dang, this man's life is in my... Like, he, his whole confidence was in what I was about to say right in that moment. If I was anything but confident, then I wasn't. Then he wasn't gonna have confidence in that aircraft. That aircraft to be airworthy. So, um, you know, I, I sent him, and it was that moment. You know, I think that that was the first moment that I realized like how much say that we actually have. You know, like that multi-million dollar aircraft and that man's life right there. And it's gonna be the first of many, Amosopra. Uh, I think that's the. This is this is the beginning. Of your you you know you're at the precipice now of so many good things that are going to come your way, so many things that are going to be, uh, so many challenges you're going to face, so many times you're going to uh, find yourself in predicaments. 
and then having the like you said the confidence and the courageousness at times to say hey maybe we step back a little bit from this we take a little bit more time uh, we fight that urge to just send it just continuously move forward it's like hey let's let's think this thing out let's get in and get after it in a smart way well i appreciate your time today uh to come out here on this podcast and the final question i'm going to have for you and you already know it's coming who should i interview next so we have a first sergeant master sergeant twos right he's not a maintainer he's ce However, this is his first time getting to experience like what it's like to walk out in the flight line and see the jets. He's talking to me the other day. He's like, he just thinks it's so amazing to watch the jets go up. But obviously for us, it's an everyday thing. So I'd be, I, I, I want to consider him honor, an honorary maintainer, right? Like, like he's in the squadron. He's not a maintainer. But I, uh, I absolutely love the man. He's had such a big impact on me in just the last few months while he's been here. And I think it'd be very interesting to see his side of it. You know, um, what's it like to be outside maintenance? And to look now being inside of maintenance and kind of get to see a little bit and what he's what he's picked up on. Fair enough. I know Sergeant Two's well, so he will be slated to interview here. I'll contact him here shortly. And as this thing starts to take off, uh, um, and more people start to listen, more people get interviewed. Uh, he will definitely be one of them. And again, thank you for your time. Uh, I hope you had a good time just sitting here chit chatting with me and telling your maintenance story about living a maintenance life. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you. Teammates, again, thank you for listening. If you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Los AF Jefe, be happy to have you on the show. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, this podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets, Los AF Jefe, out.